Welcome to Main Unstream. Real people, real experience and unfiltered intercourse, free from hype and hidden agendas, with your host Paul Lunker. Welcome to another Main Unstream. You know, one of the things I love so much about... Um, about this channel is I get to talk to some really amazing people and I'm not being hyperbolic about that. Today I am joined by a lady, Kylie Bartlett. She's a 30-year veteran of the entrepreneurial scene. She has helped countless businesses grow their business, grow their presence. She's a published author, a public speaker. She has a social business, a social side to her business. She is a classic case of someone who has everything to lose by standing up like the rest of us who are standing up and speaking out against this bullshit that's going on in the world right now. But I'll say, although I say she has you know, everything to lose, she is probably one of the first people to admit that she has a shitload more to lose by not doing it. So uh, welcome, Kylie. Lovely to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Paul, thank you so much. What an honour and a pleasure to be on your podcast. I've been an admirer of your work for a very long time and it's nice to finally be able to connect and uh, have an opportunity to, to stand up, speak up and, and tell the story of what's going on here as well down in the battlefields of Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank, thanks very much for that. And yeah, you know, we've 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 had some common uh, friends and contacts for a while, but we've never really had the opportunity to connect properly. So I'm really grateful we do that today. And you're right, you've been um, you, you said the battlefields of Melbourne, Victoria, and that is literally what they've become. We've all seen not just you know not just here in Australia, but globally, the pictures coming out of Victoria are disgusting. They are despicable. They are what you would expect to see in some dystopian nightmare or third world dictatorship. But you've been on the ground. You've literally been physically amongst the thick of it with the protesters standing up. Tell us what yeah. that's like, what's happening. And, and by the way, one of the things I love about what, we, what you do is I know that you don't get involved in the, the little bullshit conversations about why all this is happening. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have about the bigger picture but tell us firstly what's it like on the ground in melbourne well i mean we've been we we've broken the world record nothing to be nothing to be bragging about that uh, we've been the most locked up city in the entire planet coming up to i think 250 days and so every time we go in and out of these lockdowns there's more people broken but there's also more people that are just uh, angry and i guess i've been to most of the protests over the last 18 months, but mo more so in particular over the last couple of weeks when that heightened anger and brutality went to a whole new level. It, it, and the crescendo or the, or the point where it started was when the CFMAU, John Sector, the, uh, the secretary of the CMFAU, sold out his members. And then anarchy was literally on the streets and it became very brutal. Uh, so that's what you, you, you wouldn't have expected someone like me. And I, you know, and I, could be guilty of being called a capitalist once upon a time. And at one stage, at one of the protests, I was questioned by the police to ask if I was a journalist because I was all, you know, designer dressed <laughs> up and didn't look like I, I fitted in as a neo-Nazi right-wing extremist. And then uh, as the days went on in the protest, I recognised that being glam was not going to help me run away from bullets. And so I started blending in a lot more with my active wear as I'm hiding behind cars and down side streets. So... Yeah, it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm, we're laughing, but it, 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 interesting last week, two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, when we, we took over the Westgate Bridge 
as a part of the protest where there was 10,000 people there. And then Wednesday when we then uh, took over the shrine, which was about 20,000 people, I had this incredible moment where I don't think I've ever been more prouder to be an Aussie on those two days and yet at the same time I've never been so sad when I saw the police, well, they're not really the police, they're the stormtroopers and the UN you know, foreign forces, start yep. to open, open fire on innocent people uh, for protesting. So it has been very scary. I have witnessed what I would normally think was a horror movie play out before my eyes. Uh, I've, I've been pepper sprayed whilst not on the front line, the, the spray of it coming through, the bullets and hiding behind cars and being chased by the police. And I've had the police turn up on my doorstep. I've been fined for attending a protest and being threatened with, if I continue, I'll be considered a political terrorist. I've had stalkers. I've had who knows if they're ASIO or whoever they are, like trying to break me down on a day-to-day -day basis. So if that kind of summarises what it's like, I mean, I can go into a lot more detail of the significance of those two protests from the construction workers. But when I say a battlefield, it's a battlefield. It really is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I don't, I don't think that there is yet a, a tipping point where enough people realise that what is happening is World War Three. There are some, there's a large volume and we don't need everyone. We just need enough, as Ricardo Bossi of Australia 1 says. Yes. But I don't think enough yet have seen that this is actually World War Three. It's interesting because, I mean, I'm I'm copying the hate mail and the trolls and a, a long-term friend of mine who has spent the last 30 years travelling the world in a lot of war-torn countries as a cameraman filming wars. He put a post on Facebook last week going, as long as my ass points to the ground, we will never be experiencing World War Three." And my response was, mate, you don't have to have bombs coming out of the sky in order to... We are in a world war. Genocide. This is a war. Just because you can't see the bombs, please do not underestimate that this is the, the our World War Three equivalent. It really is on a global scale. Yeah, and, and um, it's, it's even worse because if you look over history, right, the, um, the enemy has become increasingly more invisible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you know, pre previously there was a there was an, uh, uh, someone who was an antagonist, and then a group of other countries would declare war on them, and it would be very visible. Then, of course, the Vietnam War came along, and of course they were visible, but they were also very excuse me, very very um, uh, invisible. Then we had the war on terrorism, yes. and all of its various iterations. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. So, mm. and and now we have this 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 virus. And I'm not saying there's not a virus. I mean, there is a virus. People are getting sick, and and some are dying with it. There is some sort of thing out there. Um, but unless and and, and let's, let's just not go into that level of, of of thinking because we all know there is a virus. Know, it's a virus, and it can be treated. And we know that there's a lot of money changing hands, which yes. is probably a better way of looking at what's actually happening right now, globally. Why is all this happening? And um, what's what's your take on? It? I mean, I I think I've made my opinions pretty clear, and I'll I'll butt in. But what's your take on? It? I want to hear from you. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is a conspiracy, but it, it, everything that we've been theorizing about has come true. So maybe call me a fortune teller would probably be a better assessment. But when things Oracle. don't, Oracle. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but I, I, I'm someone who has always been rebellious. 
I uh, was diagnosed with a learning disability at at high school because I didn't fit in and was put into veggie maths and veggie English and and didn't fit the traditional education system because I kept saying why how so I'm I'm naturally a critical thinker that challenges what's going on so when this all broke out in February March last year whilst the first lockdown you know, obeyed the rules and did what we were meant to do. But then things weren't making sense for me. So I then decided to go do my own independent research, uh, you know, separate from propaganda and mainstream media and discovered this sinister plan that has been going on probably back as far as the 1980s that you, you just got to follow the money trail. And what I find quite fascinating whilst at the same time disturbing is that, the World Economic Forum and WHO and all of these global organisations are very blatantly throwing it in our face of what the agenda 2030 is. Uh, they've been calling it the New World Order for decades and we're now finding that Chant in New South Wales accidentally slipped the New World Order. We're finding that the media are now using this narrative of the New World Order. Go onto the World Economic Forum and burrow down into their complex infograph that they've got and it's very very clear the agenda of depopulating uh the planet because they believe it's overpopulated and it's the so when i hear dictator dan and you know gulag um gladys and all these terms and and i guess the key to why people are not believing what's going on is that they say one leader being dirty or corrupt, two leaders, but how can they all be? And my answer to that is that even these premiers and prime minister have been groomed for this role for many, many years, if not decades. And you look at Dan Andrews, for example, he's the perfect candidate. He's a megalomaniac. Uh, he, he is a dictator at his core. So when these elite globalists are looking for their army to roll out and execute this new world order or the Great Reset, these guys are putting up their hand going, choose me, choose me, choose me. So when, when we're having conversations at a premier level or even at a prime ministerial level, it's the wrong conversation to be having because there's 30 layers above them. These are just the puppets, but the puppeteers are the Soros's, the Gates, and don't even get me started on the Melinda and you know Bill Gates Foundation. It's the yep. Fauci, it's the Rockefellers, it's the Rothschilds, and now the new kids on the block are the... You know, Elon Musk's and the Zuckerberg's and all of those, if you look at that, this is a beautifully mastered plan and they've been incredibly patient. They attempted it back with SARS many years ago. It failed. They've now got, got this seeing that the masses are, uh, are completely blinded by it, and they, but they're incredibly patient. They didn't sit down and write a business plan that was 12, 12 months in the making. This has been decades in the making. I would say as far back as that, especially in Australia in the 1980s. So uh, very patient. And it, people think that if we just conform, if we just comply, if we just get our jabs, if we just do what we're told, we'll get our lives back. But what people are losing sight of is that this is not going to be the end. That will be the beginning of the true execution of the whole social credit system and the new world order. So please don't come onto my profiles on social and have a what I call a cappuccino conversation around whether I'm into vax or not vax because I can only go at a strategic macro level. 
you're, you're feeding in to the to the what the, the puppets want you to do, and that is to get caught up in the microcosms of a, of a vaccine. Mm, absolutely, it's, it's uh, let's let's keep everybody distracted. Yeah. Talking about yeah. that while we go and do this, and in fact, I'll I'll I can I can take you back well well before the nineteen uh, before the year nineteen hundred, and and prove a path towards the nineteen eighties, and um, you know uh, like. Most Dan Andrews and all the Labor prime ministers and many of the Labor Party, in fact, many uh, even even some of the Liberals in Australia have been members of, or are members of the Fabian Society. Yes, for those exactly. who don't know, the, right? And you, do you remember the uh, the original logo of Fabian Society was a sheep in uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Sheep's clothing, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it says everything, all right? Very obvious. Yeah. Hmm. And it's then, all very obvious. It is, you know, and you look at um, Australia signed on to Unijua. Uh, or Unidroid, if they want to pronounce it that way, the the global agreement in, I think it was 73, we signed on, which was the same year that the word Commonwealth of Australia was removed from our uh, banknotes and just replaced with Australia and has a few, there are a few other things that happened then. But one of the things I find really interesting about that Unidroid agreement, sort of, um, it was a few years later, like later on, the, the UN was created as a replacement for the League of Nations. Yes, yes, yes. But Unidroid actually replaced another agreement. And here's an interesting thing. It was actually executed, I think it was 43 countries, not Australia included, but 40, 43 countries, I think it was, initially signed it back in nine, May 1940. Wow, I and didn't know a, that. Yeah. And it's a significant date because what happened was uh, Germany, Italy were at war. They were the Axis powers, right? Japan later on. They were the Axis powers against war, in war at war against everybody else in Europe. But who do you think were signatories to the Unidro Agreement in 1940? Who I don't know because I've not gone down uh, this path. Apart, apart, oh, it's an interesting one. Apart from the UK, Germany, uh, sorry, sorry, apart from the UK, Europe? France, yeah. Belgium, whatever, yes. Germany and Italy, they were signing an international contractual and legal agreement with the people they were at war with. Wow! Right. Another interesting thing about the date of signing was it was directly before the Dutch royal family went into well, exile in the UK. No, so they signed yeah. the thing and they fucked off to the UK. Mm, interesting it's, stuff. But it it's unbelievable. And uh, I, I guess, you know, yeah, that's a path. I've not gone down that path. There's another one. Oh, good. I've got another path to go down. I, I, I I've uh, definitely gone down the Great Reset and the New World Order and uh, what's going on within the Freemasonry and uh, that in itself is just mind-blowing. And, uh, you know, my background's in neuroscience, behavioural science. I'm an NLP trainer and, you know, we have this thing called, a, a term called the reticular activating system, which is RAS. And a reticular activating system is like... Uh, just say you're going to go buy a Ford and, and you decide you're going to buy a red Ford. Well, every car you see on the street now is a red Ford because you've turned your mind to looking at your reticular activating system has kicked in and you're looking for it. It's fascinating going down this journey, <laughs> battlefield <laughs> alike, to learn yeah. about what's been going on over the decades and, as you're saying, centuries, that I now cannot not see it because it's so obvious because my reticular activating system has turned on to see the symbolisms and the secret handshakes and the little words that they're using in the media. And, you know, if I really want to put on my tinfoil hat, when we were in the battlefields last Wednesday, which was when we ended up at the shrine, 
coincidentally at mm. 9 15 melbourne has an earthquake and it what it was was another another opportunity to scare the people distract the people ironically construction workers aren't working so they can't rebuild the buildings down here but it's just like we knew this was coming because it's mm. harp right it's harp we we, yep. we know the technology behind how they managed to create that earthquake, but the little minions are out there running around going, oh, poor Melbourne, if, the, if we haven't had enough doom and gloom now, we've had an earthquake. And I'm like, join yeah. the dots because, you know, that that's that's what's been going on. Oh, absolutely. And I say, I say often, um, and, and I put my hand on heart and my hand up in the air and say, yeah, me too. We have been, as a global population, we have been asleep at the wheel for generations, for generations. And, um, you know, the, the Fabian Mott thing is slow, insidiously introduce socialism yes. as a, a means. But, you know, I saw some interesting interviews with Tucker Carlson. Uh, one was with the president of Hungary, another one with the president of Poland. And it's interesting. I look around the world and I see it's these... So former, you know, so-called Eastern Bloc countries, Poland, Hungary, Russia, yeah. they are the ones standing up for human rights and for they freedom and democracy. Yes. Because they know what it looks like on the other yeah, side. Outside. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It's, uh, yeah, it's very insidious, as you said, and it's been very subtle. And I guess if I could bring it back to Australia, yep. you know, like I, I'm, I'm speaking up, uh, you know, using my platform, using my ability to speak, because I have been a public speaker for 30 years, so I think I'm good at articulating and, and you know, standing in my sovereignty. But what I, the reason I'm speaking up and really trying to represent the voice of small businesses and, and, and just the average Joe Blow on the street is that Australia's never, ever had a war on our soils. We've never actually fought a war on our own island. And people are saying, why is Australia being chosen? Well, Australia's been chosen because we've been so complacent and she'll be right, mate, hand me a VB, give me the remote control. We've been mind controlled for most of our existence and never actually had it a war physically on our island. And so when the big globalist and the, the great reset, New World Order, whatever you want to call it, has started thinking about where's HQ going to be, well, we become a great litmus test for how this is going to be rolled out globally, especially with Melbourne and Victoria and Dan being such a dictator, that this is, it's because we're isolated, we're a population of 25, 26, 27 million, that if they can break us and roll out this whole new world order, then it's going to be rinsed and repeated everywhere. So it's, I, I think it's really important that, you know, why is Aussie being picked on? Well, it's because we're so conditioned to be, she'll be right, mate. And people are used to living on great, you know, free public health and they get the dole or at the moment they're on some kind of, you know, disaster payments. And that's all done because when it's all over, you'll have nothing, you'll own nothing, you're, you won't have a say, you won't have a business. And so I'm imploring people to just, just, go and do some critical thinking because I know you're all so dedicated and protective of your small businesses at the moment, which Australia has been built on the back of small businesses. Mm. But can you appreciate that if you do not give this some attention and wake up, those beautiful businesses, the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker will no longer exist under a communist regime. It'll be you'll own nothing and apparently we're meant to be happy about it and we will be leaving our next generation enslavement and in a socialist system where i'm sorry our diggers 
gave their lives in the trenches physically for our freedom, and freedom doesn't come free, we owe our ancestors that to go out there and fight for our freedom, and it may come to being on our on our soils because I truly don't believe, Paul, that we can rely on our alliance partners of the US or the UK to come and save us when all shit hits the fan. It'll be China that'll be coming onto our shores. They've already got their troopers, you know, stormtroopers and the, the forces here already. And so yep. we're going to get a punch in the nose. We really are, and I believe that this is, we ain't seen nothing yet to the brutality that is coming over the next coming months leading up to the end of this year. Uh, absolutely. And I appreciate you know, you saying, you mentioning also business. I'm going to come back to a couple of points you made, actually. So first, just um, uh, with regard to, to business, I'm really grateful you mentioned that because I see so many people, especially in the online training, personal development, business development space, who are simply putting their head down, like the old industrial age uh, terminology of head down, bum up, getting on with just operating their business. And you know what happens when you get you put your head down, you bum up, you get fucked in the ass. You Excuse do, the value, right? That's 100%. simply what happens. Yeah. Right? And and I'm I'm a bit shocked to a degree with some of them quite disgusted that they are not getting out and using the platform that they have like you are to go and provide influence to a broader community, right? Um, and all they're doing is oh, marketing this course, marketing that course, and that's all you hear from them. It's like business is fucking usual. You know, whether or not they've been jabbed, I really don't care. That's their own personal that's choice. Yes. Right, um, we're supposed to have freedom of choice, but um, get out and use your platform. So I'm grateful for the mention, and also grateful you're doing it. And we, you know, Australia has always been the testing ground of the world with yes. marketing yes. and and political stuff. Um, uh, you know, if you wanted to market test a product, you do it in Australia because we're so far away. You can fuck up here, and no one will really care, right? Yes. And um, yeah, you know, China. They've already got their foothold in here. They've got Darwin. They've got Western Australia. They, they own Victoria. Victoria. Exactly. Yeah, Completely own Victoria. I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee, you know, with Lynn Fox uh, uh, Logistics being a, a you know, big old buddy of Dictator Dan, I'll pretty much you know, guarantee that he's got a, that they've got a distribution network already in place for the, for the Chinese when they're here, 100%. if not already. And, um, you know the federal government's playing along as well. They've they've passed that amendment to the uh, leg the federal um, um, defense legislation late it's last allowed. year. Yeah. So foreign foreign military on the ground in Australia. Yes. Freedom of prosecution from both war crimes and civil crimes. Yes, and I I believe that they're already being deployed, Paul. Like I when I was uh, at the Shrine of Remembrance, and I just want to go back and talk a little about that because I've got a lot mm. of flack over how could I be so disrespectful to go into such a you know a sacred ground, and I'm like for fuck's sake, it, our diggers gave their lives. That is such a symbolic, a spiritual place for us Aussies, and to go up there and to be singing the Australian anthem and all other Aussie songs in peace with our hands in the air going, we want peace, we want peace, we just want to just give us, allow us to sit here and sing our songs because we've been um, shot at in the city and we had to kind of rally to somewhere and we said, let's go to the shrine. Surely they won't shoot us at the shrine because it's such a sacred place. And so to get back to the question around the UN or the, you know, the foreign forces is that what I find interesting is that the, the, the typical policeman on the beat, policewoman on the beat, the Connie or the scenic Connie, some of them have a relationship with their community, their society, their city, and it, it, they could not shoot their fellow buddy because there is a there is a personal heart to heart connection with 
the Aussies. What I saw in the eyes of these men with these guns and their batons and their shields was sheer, they were like Robocop. There was no, there wasn't even a glint of head down, I feel sorry for you. It's like, bring it on. Like they were ready to have a fight. And so don't, please don't think that it's just the, the police force that are out there being using brutality. We have definitely got UN uh, defence forces, stormtroopers. You know, in New South Wales, they've been they've been put up at the at the Marriott in the city at six hundred bucks a night. The whole hotel is booked out with military that are not from Australia. Like, wake up! It, it, they don't mind shooting at a at a at an innocent person because they have no emotional connection with them they've been training this for decades yeah they're they're in a they're in a different country they're in a different war you know like a war what is a war zone um you know we had we had military around the corner here with police uh twice a week doing uh doing roadblocks uh just around the corner for i live in one of the 12 lgas um yeah it's it's quite disgusting when you when you look at everything that's 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 happening um, yeah, and back to that business, your own business leaders stepping up for fuck's sake, like stop thinking of your marketing funnels and stop thinking of what you're going to sell and who many's on your list and your open mm-hmm. rates and your all this that they don't want to they don't want to mess up their big plan to make all this money. You know, the, I've had a couple of people, some in on the speaking circuit, fellow speakers that have really ridiculed me and um, called, how dare you go and you know march on sacred ground and you're just an attention seeker. This is you about attention are you freaking serious i want as much attention on this as possible to wake people up i'm putting my business on the line i've lost all my friends all my family and fear the person who has nothing left to lose and then on the other hand the weak cowards who send me private messages going i agree with everything that you're saying but i can't say it publicly do you mind sharing this on your profile so that the message gets out so i don't i don't offend my community yeah. Are you kidding me? I, I People have said, you've worked 30 years in your own business. In particular, you've had a high profile for the last 20 years. You, this is suicide. This is business suicide for you. You are destroying your business. It will never recover. I'm like, I haven't even given that another thought. Our country, we're on the on our knees. And in my in terms of my priority, I'm sorry, running my business is not one of them at the moment. It's, it's being there for humanity and saving our country. And I believe that humanity will win and we will all prosper, those of us that are the, that believe in that. And for the rest of you, go sit there fucking counting your open rates and your email list and all of that. I hope that works out for you when you're on the on your feet and you've got no freedom anymore. I absolutely agree. Off soapbox. Mate, no, no, it's good. It's good because, you know, quite frankly, if I were to be if I were to be on these people who are sitting back and just focusing 100%, you know, head down, bum, I'm getting fucked in the ass. Uh, figuring out what product I could put out next. I'm, I'm sure I could go and do that and I could probably beat the rah-rah drum of all the anti-vax or whatever bullshit I wanted to come up with. And I'd probably make a shitload of money, right? Two things. That will mean that I am acquiescing to what is happening. Yes. It means that in the future, when they come and tell me what business I can run, yes, I will have to run it, irrespective of or not, or whether I want or not. The money that I have will be able to be taken away at the push of a button. Yes. Which has already happened to a lot of people. And that is not a way I'm prepared to live. I had the similar to yourself. I have lost pretty much most family support. Well, I've lost all family support except for my wife. Um, 
some family are uh, a little bit more um, aggressive in terms of how they speak about it. Others are just paying lip service and others are still trying to persuade me to go and get vaxxed. One, one member of my family said to me, as like, like you mentioned, you are absolutely destroying your reputation online. You will never get employed by, be, you know, be hired uh, by anybody again. I'm like, dude, just fucking watch me. Because I'll tell you what, what I'm seeing, and especially on places like LinkedIn, where there are more and more people, you know, business people, um, waking up to this, the community is growing and growing and growing. And I tell you what, there's going to be a community of business people who only in future want to do business with those who are awake and who have not supported the bullshit. Yeah, and and, and the, it, out of every, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Every mm. dark day has a light day. And what I must admit from me, and I'll be very upfront and honest, I'm embarrassed about how I have operated both at a personal level and in business in the 30 years that I have been in I'm embarrassed at what I did. I'm embarrassed of how I treated people. I'm embarrassed about how I discriminated and how I saw myself as holier than now. I've never felt freer in 18 months through this bullshit than I did when I was up on the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne with 10,000 other tradies that we put our hands in the air and we knew the police couldn't get us because there was 10,000 of us and we'd shut off the freeway. And we had never felt so free in 18 months. And once upon a time, I would not have sat there or sung the anthem or hung out with those tradies because I'm this snobby, pretentious, stuck-up woman. And, and I'm being really vulnerable and real about what has happened and that humanity has, there's some beautiful things that have come out of it. And what was really interesting talking to all these tradies who I'm now great friends with and we all hang out and we catch up and go to these rallies together, but... What people won't know, and I want this to be really listened to, is that when the construction workers were stood down because they had to have had a certain amount of jabs before they could go back on the worksite because apparently they're super spreaders, when I was up there protesting on last Tuesday, Wednesday with these men, is I'm sitting on the shrine with men covered in tattoos and hardly any teeth and the wisdom that came out of their mouths was more than I've heard in the whole lockdown. And not only that, is that 50% of those construction workers have been double jabbed. Men were crying to me saying, I have been double jabbed, not because I wanted to, I know it's a poison, but because it then allowed me to have an income so my wife could quit to homeschool the kids so they don't come after our children. And what people are not seeing in mainstream media, these guys are not neo-Nazi right-wing extremists. They are the backbone of this country. And if we shut down construction, shut down transport, this country does not exist. And these men were literally putting their bodies on the line for their families. Not This is not about the jab. They've had it. They said our days are probably out. We've got a couple of years left, but we're doing it for our wives and our kids. And so I, I really am standing up for these tradies who have been given a bad rap as, you know, rent a crowd with John Secca down here from the CFMAU. Surprisingly, he's got COVID and now is in isolation for 14 days, you weak prick. You know, this is this is all not, not about you have got not got COVID. And so it, I think it's important that we get that out there, that um, it's not the people that are vaxxed or unvaxxed. It's the if we don't have freedom, we have nothing. And it, it, it is medical apartheid. And I've been accused and abused last week last night actually online from people saying, oh, I'm South African and how dare you call mm. it medical apartheid? I said, you don't have to be black and white to be apartheid. 
you know, yeah. like we're looking down the barrel of not being allowed to go into society. Mind you, I don't want to go into fucking society with all those sheep out there anyway. But we're being told we can't based on a medical experiment. Like, are you fucking serious? It, you know, wars don't have to be dressed up how they've always been dressed up. Apartheid doesn't need to be dressed up how it's always been dressed up for it not to be. It's happening. And, yep. and it, it's it's fascinating to watch that, you know, the, the, the stupid propaganda out there. Like us people in Melbourne, we are the fighters. Like we are rebels and we're not reaching these stupid 80% target. So that's why there's all these mandates coming in and, and these scare tactics and lock people down and we'll throw you a couple thousand dollars a week to shut your mouth. Like it, we're not meeting the targets, which what happens if we go back to that new world order, they've all been promised billions of dollars through big pharma that if you reach these targets, you'll get all these billions. The billions are never coming. It's the globalists that are going to end up taking over and people can't even see why the politicians are even going down that path. So another thing I just want to bring up, which is a really important point of, you know, these mind control, again, going back to a neuroscientific um analysis on this the masks were never about uh, protecting you from the virus it's like what is our biggest weapon is our voice so let's just muzzle the voice let's mm -hmm. make 1.5 meters apart so you can't talk to each other let's put you into a curfew let's lock you down don't compare stories let's close the churches let's close the places where people go to worship because that's their sanction that's their faith that's their hope let's just shut down anything to do with you thinking that we're going to get through this so that we can then uh, execute our agenda. So I just need to make it clear, if you fucking think those face nappies have got anything to do with our health, then I, I think you need to go and have go and book in and see someone because that's just, yeah. that's mind control 101. So I, thank you for bringing that up because actually it's a really good segue into something I'd, I'd forgotten to make a note of, especially with your, your background in neuroscience. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of people aren't picking up on is this 12-year and up thing. From 12-year and up, you had to wear a mask. From 12-year and up, now you get vaxxed. I mean, they're always going to bring it down to 12-year up. In fact, they're going to go lower, obviously, right? Yeah. But 12-year yeah. and up, you had to wear a mask. 12-year and up was this. 12-year and up was that. At the age of 12, and I'm not a specialist. I've just been able to search it because um, I have a feeling about it. I know what you're going to say. Yes, keep going. From the 12 year and up, we start to develop our own sense of not just not just identity, but our self sense of um, what is it? What's it called again? Self. Um, uh, well, it's our personality and, yeah. and, and our personality and our beliefs and our value structure yes. is all formed in those first 12 years of our life. And uh, there's a very famous saying of show me a 12 year old boy and I'll show you a man because all we are is kids with wrinkles as we get older because those yeah. first formative 12 formative years are laying down our neurological pathways and our beliefs and our values and our behaviors are all from those first 12 years and so when you start to get older in 14 16 as you go it's not, you're not as programmable and that's why it's the 12 years and up yeah no, so that what i was thinking of was independent thinking i just read something about that so yeah um and of course you start vaxxing them at um with with uh, gene therapy from 12 years and up and um and, and you know they're very very clever i've got to take my hat off to them in terms of how they've managed to do this because again i ask people what's in the vaccine and they're like i don't know it's like are you freaking serious what you're putting in your body and what they've done with the first shot 
there's, you know, it's not as potent. Saline, the second shot, they ramp it up a little. And then once the booster shots come in, well, you're basically not in control of anything that you're doing because it is DNA altering. And then, of course, it's like your immune system's so broken down, your body's not able to produce white blood cells. So we're going to just rip it, break your immune system down and just keep pin cushioning you because you now become addicted to it like a drug that your body can't function without it. And you then are just literally a walking talking owned body by the elite yeah so there's there correct there are there are three technologies well a lot more in there but there's a there's a nanotechnology which is a lipid layer which uh protects the mrna and they all talk about this this uh, lipid layer doing all this communication no one fucking tells you where it's communicating to but mm, that'd be interesting to have a discussion with Quite apart from the graphene oxide, which uh, Greg Hunt's family is heavily into and uh, yes. has provided funding to, but of course it's not. It, it, the, the, everyone denies that there's graphene oxide in there, and they can't do that anymore because it's been put under the electron microscope as well as a bunch of other things. Exactly. So there's that. There's the mr. There's the uh, lipid nanotechnology, which surrounds the mRNA, which is a brand new yeah. thing, which killed all the fucking lab rats, whichever got it, right? And then the mRNA delivers a thing into the cell called CRISPR-Cas9, which the inventors, two German, I think it was two German women, won the Nobel uh, Nobel Prize for last year. Yes, yes. Right. Uh, CRISPR-Cas9, no one's hiding it. It's a gene editing tool. So you are, if you've had a mRNA vaccine, you are absolutely a genetically modified human being. Now, how many fucking years has the world fought to get GMO labeling on food? Yes, but won't fight for this. I won't fight for this, right? And, of course, now what they're doing as well is mRNA and both mRNA and CRISPR-Cas9 are both being used at least in testing phases, uh, in one case, for food production. Yes. So you're looking for your compound effect. Even if you don't go and get your fucking booster, you're most likely going to get some extra boost through your food. Go yeah, figure. That, that, that's it. It's it's there, And it's all there. Plain, we can go get off frigging Google, get on DuckDuckGo, go and go onto uncensored search engines and you, all of what you're saying. Do you know what, Paul? I hope I'm wrong. Mm, I'm, I'd love to be I, wrong. I'd love to be wrong. Go prove me wrong, but at least go and get some critical thinking and come back to me with something that's got some intelligence behind it rather than, oh, I read it on the Koshi and bloody whatever Kylie show or the whatever in the mornings. It's just like turn your televisions off for starters and start thinking and see what's mm. going on out there. It, it, it's beyond belief that people would rather, as you said, bury their head in the sand, fucked up the ass, than, than to actually start to question what's going on and and i think what's happening though as the remember the vaccines have only been out what three or four months or five months this year before that it was you know flatten the curve and all of that shit and then the vaccines came out and i think what's happened i don't know if you've experienced this but a lot of what i would consider my intelligent friends have gone down the path been double jabbed are now getting they're joining the dots we're still locked up with the unvaxxed what's going on here but i think the sheer thought that they've made the wrong decision that they can now longer get no longer get out of their body they are doing everything to be validated because deep down their soul is telling them i've made the wrong decision and so it's easy to keep being validated and to follow that we've done the right thing than to go and jump over to our camp and start to be educated on what you could potentially do to stop others from doing it Oh, 100%. Totally seeing that. And they're getting so angry with themselves over their choices, right? And especially when you consider that in New South Wales, I think it's also going to be nationally. First of December, there will be no more discrimination in terms of what you can do, whether you're vaxxed or unvaxxed. Yes. Go well, figure. That's a stupid carrot that stupid Gladys butter chicken sending out there. You know, I think that she's 
been in the phone line in some media even turning on her. So she's like, I'll throw you a carrot on the 1st of December. You can all have Freedom Day. You fucking serious, there's restrictions still all over the place. And people are putting it up on Facebook going, woohoo, Freedom Day. Yeah. Like, you've fallen for it. It's a freaking carrot to give her time to come back with her next narrative of what now it'll be the next Delta strain, the Lambar strain mm. or whatever is coming. And then all of a sudden those freedoms you'll promise won't happen. Yeah, that'll, that'll happen latest uh, beginning of March next year because yeah, end of March right. next year, the state so of emergency runs out. Comes in. Yeah, yeah. And, and state of emergency runs out in March. So they're going to have to right. do something. And let's, um, what the, uh, book, yeah, bookkeeping. So I was going to say, we, we talked earlier about um, New World Order and, and, and all the money, specifically mentioned about all the money going to Big Pharma. I think what, what a lot of people are missing in this whole thing is the follow the money aspect. And it's not just big pharma, that's sort of a plateau. Um, if you look at look at the top companies in the world, they're all pretty much owned by three companies, and those are pretty much owned by two or three families. And people and, and we make the analogy between a medical apartheid, we make it between uh World War II, and people get offended. Some people see it, some people don't, you know. Um, but when you look at World War II. I'm not saying Hitler and all the rest of it wasn't, you know, a bit of a madman. Um, but you look at World War II and the and the Holocaust against the Jews, it was funded by the fucking Jews. That's Two right. Jewish families funded both sides. Yes. And no one is holding them to account. No one. I know. And it's the same with, you know, the war on terror or 9-11. I'm sure Bin Laden sitting up there in America in your five-star hotel watching it all play out, like... It's it's another distraction of mm. the war on terror and 9-11 and, and everything. You know, how far do we want to go down the conspiracy of, you know, in Australia with, um, you know, with the, um, with the Arthur massacres down in Tasmania. Yeah. It, and then surprise, surprise, gun laws are all abolished and, you know, we're, we're not allowed to have guns. And it, it's all beautifully played out. I take my hat off to how they've done it. Oh, great, um, great chess game. Yeah. Great chess game. Yeah, what we're seeing, I mean, I personally think that that uh, the Obama thing was they shot a dead, they shot a corpse, but uh, and yes, that's why they dumped him at sea. But yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't have a, a a several day old dead body coming back for an autopsy when it's supposed to be a freshly shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's what we're seeing is the highest level of accounting and booking. It's the same thing you see when people understand the financial system. How that's money? The is, that's the key. Yeah, Reserve yeah. Bank. Reserve banks, a central banking system, and, and by yes. the way, there are only three countries in the world that don't have one. They happen to be North Korea, Iran, and Cuba. The yes. most recent countries to get them were Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. Hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll just let that one sink in. Mm -hmm. But when you understand how money gets into, into the system, so cash being the folding stuff and the clinking stuff, money being a medium of exchange, uh, currency being a system for a medium of exchange and fiat currency being a system for a medium of exchange based on a declaration or proclamation of government, right? So the Australian yes. dollar is the Australian government declaring that we have a currency, the Australian dollar, which will be, uh, and there'll be this thing which uh, will be the medium of exchange. When we want money, when, when the government wants more money, they have to go and borrow it from the central bank because That's we know where they're borrowing the money. Same in America, same in every other country except those three I mentioned. Yes. And so it comes with interest, which has to be paid back. And that comes through a treasury bond most yes, of the time. Yes. And we know where that so, is. Right. So that treasury bond comes comes up for uh, comes due, right? Um, 
you know, whether it's two year, five year, 10 year, 25 year, whatever, at some point it becomes due. And then you have what's called the repo market because the repo market is designed to allow the government to sell off new bonds to pay back the old bonds, basically. Yes. Right, so it becomes this perpetual circle. And what a lot of people don't realise is that the people who own the central banks own all these other companies. They do. And it's all the money. If you look at the billions of dollars, the UBS... Trillions, predicted, yeah. Yeah, trillions around the world, quantitative easing, everything happening. The UBS has predicted that Australia will be $2 trillion in debt by 2024, which is 80% of our total wealth. 80%. It's just staggering. I mean, I, I, I'm on the same page with you with this because I believe that, the, you know, looking at the financial system. But I, when you say it again, I'm still like, it still shocks me. Because, and even though I'm aware of it and I and acknowledge it, you say it again and I'm just like, the money that we're printing, we've printed more money in the last two years than we have in 200 years. And it, it, the bankruptcy and the money that they're borrowing, that they're going to pay it back on the never-never, it's not going to happen. You can't pay it back. Everyone says, oh, they're going to have to raise taxes to pay it back. And it's, it's not. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be a sell-off. It's going to be the largest sell-off ever. Because, right, exactly. Like great reset, universal basic income, renunci uh, forgiveness of personal debt, renunciation of personal assets. You'll own nothing and you'll be happier, allegedly, according to Schlaus Schwab. Yes. The same thing will happen at a stop. The only way to pay back the debt, and we already see it happening with the Belt and Road Initiative from China. Which is they say, oh, you can't pay back the debt. We'll yes. take your infrastructure. That's exactly. it. We'll take we'll sovereignty. We'll take we'll take over your naval bases. We'll we'll start. And as we know, and I'm, I'm we haven't even confirmed this story, but I'm assuming you're on the same path as me. Australia's not even a country; it's a corporation. So, right. yeah. uh, and people can't even get their head around that. That you know, we've all know what's going on here. That you won't be paying back in cash. They'll be literally taking it over, and as you said, and we'll own nothing. They'll give us a list of which job would you like, public servant. And be happy with it, and that you own nothing. You're meant to be happy, and we will not have any assets left. Which we you said was happening in Victoria and China. We might as well, oh, we might as well be, might as well be China. We, we don't own anything. It's all. I, 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 thought it, I thought it was another province of China already. Yeah, apparently it's feeling like it at the moment. But I think China's North Korea is not in as lockdown as we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what surprised me. It's a couple of things, right? One is um, you mentioned naval bases, right? There's, I have to find the article. I saw an article there about how um, Pfizer, it was one of the South, there must be more South American companies, countries. Sorry, one of the South American countries. Signed in their contract to Pfizer, they signed over some of their military bases as well. I haven't signed over, they put them all up by as two. Guaranteed. all by two countries. So, Latin America, right. Pfizer went to them and said, We want you to put up surety or put up an asset or not be able to sue us for you know side effects. Da, 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 da. And so, if you look at Latin America, all of them have agreed with Pfizer except for uh, except for Brazil, Brazil and Portugal. Brazil and Portugal. Only two out of all of Latin America have said we're no deal. We're not. We're not signing it. But the rest of them have, which means they can come in, take over their naval bases, take over assets because they signed that off. So why does a why does a pharmaceutical company require military bases? I mean, they already apart from they've already got a bio weapon. I guess they just need the thing. There must be another country. Portugal's Europe, but it doesn't matter. You no, know. no. So it's not. It's not. It's 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 um Brazil yeah. and Argentina. Sorry, of course, Portugal's Europe. Yeah. Argentina and uh, Brazil are the only two Latin American countries that haven't signed this deal. Because they know the shit that can hit the fan. Of and uh, yeah, um, 
I was going to say, it was, something, it was something else there. I should have made a bloody note. But, yeah, um, doesn't matter. It'll come, it'll, it'll come back to I me. But the Portuguese what, the, came into my head there because there's a whole heap of us planning on potentially leaving this island and going over to Portugal. And so that's why I had that Portugal in my head because we're like, well, wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah, anything. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be with you, you know, getting, getting off this island. The hardest part of being in Australia, I believe, right now is the ability to get off the fucking island. If yeah, well, I'm I'm struggling to get. We're allowed to drive as of yesterday, fifteen kilometers instead of ten. So, uh, you, you know, at, uh, it's just. Oh. So I'm looking at how I know I'm not going to be able to use an airline. If for one, I'm not going to be allowed to fly because I'm not vaxxed, and secondly, I won't support medical apartheid. So I will not fly. I'll spend any money with any business, micro, macro, corporate, whatever that is that is uh, discriminating against a personal choice. And so mm. I'm probably going to have to drive over some borders to get there. Uh, I'm, I'm look, thinking of um, looking up some old maps to see if there's any dirt tracks that I can get my Audi and start to drive down some tracks. To. First of all, I'm going to get out of Victoria. Then I'm going to go through New South Wales, although I could go through South Australia and Northern Territory. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And and we had in Victoria in the last 12 months 45,000 people in Victoria left to go into state. Now, that's a small city. Mm. 45,000 have left Victoria to either go to New South Wales or Queensland or wherever they've gone. And it's just staggering. And so my plan is absolutely I want out. I will not work or live or support the dictatorship that's going on yeah. down in this police state. Well, Simple as much as I love Victoria, I've said since last year, there is absolutely no way on this God's earth that I will ever enter Victoria again. Um, yeah, it, would, yeah. it, would take, it would take something biblical to get yeah, me back in there, right? So, I want out as well. And, I, and, I, and I've always been, I mean, I'm originally a born and bred Geelong girl, so regional Victoria, and moved up here permanently. I've had an office up here for 30 years, but moved up here five years ago. And I, I'm just devastated that this city used to be the most livable city in the world, is now the most locked down city. And I don't care if I never see Victoria again as well. And I'm a proud Melbourneite, a proud Victorian. But I won't support. This is next level. I mean, we are in Victoria. You look at Australia, we are. Makes Gladys look like. Yeah, she, 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 she looks like a girl guide. At I, I, one stage, though, I thought she and Dan were going, you know, were going head to head to see who could be the biggest badass in the country. But uh, let's just talk briefly about the, um, you know, because there's that whole "you'll own nothing and you'll be happier." Yes. And we've we've all heard it, and even the people who you know are, are supporting the government and the mainstream media and the rest of it, they've heard it. Majority, many have anyway. Yes. Does it not beg the question? If you will own nothing and be happier, who the fuck is going to own it? So, Paul, to answer that question, first you need to believe that that's a reality. Mm. If you don't believe it's a reality and you think that we're just fantasy la-la land, then then unless they go and do their own homework around what this social credit system looks like and the new world order, this will just be us dramatising, of course, I've got 10 houses, of course I'm going to own something. Well, you can't, you're just being stupid, Kylie. No, go, it, it's, there's a beautiful video put together by the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab on there. As you said, you will be enjoying it. Go to North Korea now and talk about you. We talk about censorship here. They've not even been allowed to use social media for many, many years. And you've got a social credit system on your phone, which is what's going to happen with this digital vaccine passport, although I don't 
have a lot of faith in the government's ability to even master that because then no one downloaded like that stupid fucking app that were meant to no one downloaded and it cost nine million dollars anyway i digress so going back to north korea you know you get a social credit system where let's call it 100 points and you jaywalk and you lose 10 points and you call you know you call the government dickhead you lose 50 points and before you know it it's like a tank of petrol you're going down into the into the red zone off goes your bank account you have you'll come knock on your door you look it's not like this is a movie it's playing out here's one we prepared earlier do you want to go and spend some time over there looking at what's coming it's because she'll be right mate just hand me a vb and i'll put the footy on i've got the nrl this weekend it will never happen in Australia. That is the reason we've been picked as the headquarters for the New World Order because people won't believe that it's happening. Yeah, and it's happening in China today. Um, they will. They are already bringing in uh, their digital currency. They're testing their digital currency. Oh, and With, all the facial recognition. Yeah, the social. Yeah, social credit system's been in for a bit. It's been active, fully active since last year. They're now yes, testing yes. their digital currency, which uh, has an expiry date on it. So you have to spend the money, or you lose it by a certain date. There's your, there's your, there's your paycheck. Now you have to go and spend it by a certain date. It's a bit like one of these these gift cards. Uh, and it gets deleted in WeChat, which is their WhatsApp kind of equivalent. It's yep. you're getting your your coins uploaded into it. Say something wrong or do don't do what we want. Whoop, you got no money. It's all taken out of your WeChat account. You know what I don't understand, and I see it in Australia more and more today. Is so many people using TikTok because yeah, Facebook yeah. will be shutting down now. TikTok is Chinese go- Chinese communist government owned, yeah. right? And if you think about Wuhan, the Wuhan lab with this virus bullshit, how it was funded by the NIH out of America, funded by the CIA, CDC out of America, because they could no longer carry on their gain-of-function research awesome. themselves and, and legitimately you know, do it because they'd be subject to all this stuff, they get the Chinese to do it. So now think about this. Everyone's using TikTok. The Chinese, with their facial character recognition from their social credit system, can go and do stuff with that app and those images that Western governments still officially can't do. Whether they do it or don't, that's a different matter, but officially can't do it. What the Chinese government, however, can do is plug back into those Western governments' databases for yes. uh, biometric, passport biometric mm-hmm. um, data for a yes-no answer, which is pretty standard these days. And what they can do is they can sell the data back to those governments. Absolutely. Intel so, on them. It, it it's really interesting you bring up that TikTok conversation and, and just to kind of close that loop on it is, I mean, I've spent the last, since 2008, specialising in social media, become a social media thought leader, strategist in that space. I own a social media agency. This is what we do. And I've been at a conflict of I'm feeding the, I'm feeding the, 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 I'm feeding Satan. I'm, I'm feeding the enemy with Facebook and, you know, don't go in the Satan path, but, you know, you know <laughs> TikTok. So here's my take on it. This is the only way I've got some peace with it. Because while I'm using social media and, and helping other businesses use social media, am I not perpetuating the evilness? But here's my take on it. This is what's given me some kind of peace. They're all corrupt, TikTok, all of them. But a pen can write beautiful poetry, but it can also poke you in the eye. Mm-hmm. And so for the time being, until it all does hit the fan, especially with TikTok, I'm encouraging people to use the platform for as long as they can, for as much as they can, 
because at the end of the day, they're all in bed together. Yes, our data is going to be sold, but if it's the only way that we can get something out there at the moment. So use it to write beautiful poetry. Use it to, to have civil disobedience. Use it to spread the word until eventually we then don't use it. Yeah, That's actually, the only way I've been able to live with myself. You actually make a very good point because really the owners of TikTok and the, other, and, and the owners of Facebook and the owners of Twitter are all, all pretty much the same anyway. So they all own the data. They'll just access it. But uh, it's just interesting that they're, they're most likely outsourcing the stuff that they legally can't do to a place where, well, it just gets done anyway. Yeah, exactly. All part well, of I need a good lie down after all of that. Is it t- time to have a drink yet or what? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 I spend, you know, I'm doing a couple of podcasts every day. Um, just to get the message out there and to have a different take on it at all. and uh, But it is in some way a cathartic experience because we are awake to it. And I think forewarned is forearmed in a lot of, at least we've got a biting chance of fighting the enemy if we know who the enemy are, as opposed to she'll be right, mate. 100% agree. And you know what? I believe the small business has, especially small business globally, has one, the possibility, and two, the responsibility to share the message irrespective of what you know what you've done till now you can always start to take action do you do you have um a message for any of the small business owners who are let's say haven't become active yet and they're they're, they're like they're fearful of what might happen because carl you've put everything on the line you everything, everything. everything. you haven't held back and like I, i've said before when you're so deep in there's only one way to go and that's further in Yes. So what would you say to all those business owners who are on the fence or even hiding behind the fence like Wilson of Tool Time? My advice would be get, get a conscience check on this and speak your truth. And if you believe this potential medical apartheid or the digital vaccine passport, which is going to be the trigger for the rest of uh, the you know, social credit system, if you believe it's wrong but you don't want to follow it because you feel that you're going to lose business, let, let me explain the psychology of behind that. Speakeasies became so popular uh, when you would go to an underground bar and have an illegal drink. You, exclusivity versus inclusivity is actually worth more. And so what I've noticed in particular in Sydney, a lot of businesses are coming out, in, let's call it in the hospital industries and Roche's, I think they might even be in the western suburbs of Sydney. They are, yep. They've yep. come out and said, no offence, but we're not opening until everyone can open and we're staying locked down until there is no vax versus unvaxed to, uh, because we're all in this together. Let's get united. And they, their social media has gone through the roof. There's websites set up of businesses who when they, they don't want to open until everyone can open. And I will tell you right now that those businesses that discriminate if they eventually even meet their 70 80% stupid jab targets, can your business afford to lose 30% of its customers? Because that is what's going to happen. We are so strong in our conviction that I will never, till I take my last breath, spend a cent with a business that discriminates based on some medical experiment. So I would say to businesses, get some strength. If you don't want to get into the battlefield stupidly like me or want to go out there and vocalize civil disobedience is the way that you can do everyone can play a role in particular small businesses where you say do not consent i do not consent i do not consent to middle apartheid and let them deal with that when when none of us are going to go into a business unless all of us can go into a business and your business will go through the roof if you stand for what's true 
for the people and, and not discriminate your business, it'll have a counterintuitive outcome for you. Awesome. 100% on point. Thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. <laughs> You're talking about a good old natter, a good old chat. I feel like I've been sitting here talking to a long-lost friend, finally yeah. some intelligence uh, to be able to really tackle what's going on out there. And I just want to finish, Paul, on saying that, you know, some of us are struggling out there. We're getting battered around and trolled and all of that. And, and I would say that at this moment in time, our role is not to be liked. Our role is to lead humanity into the biggest motherfuckering of a awakening that this planet has ever seen. I'm not fighting the people in front of me because I want to fight. I'm fighting because of the people I love behind me. And that at the end of the day, I truly believe that humanity will win. We need to hold the line. Just do your one piece of what you can do to make a difference. Because once we get the 1%, we'll get the 10% and then it's game over, new world order. And look out when the great awakening does happen. Thank you very much for that, Kai. It has been awesome. Uh, where can where can people find you if they want to? Apart from, <laughs> you know what? Forget that. Google it. Search it. Duck. Fuck. No. Fuck Google. Sorry. Duck. Duck. Go it. Yeah, but I would also say for the time being, until I get put into Facebook jail, that go and look me up at Kylie Bartlett on Facebook. I'm not using my business pages because I'm trying to keep them clean. Uh, so that they don't get shut down. But come over to Kylie Bartlett on Facebook. If there's not enough room for friends, because you only had 5,000 friends, there's a follow button. And then once you get there, I, I send me a private message on Messenger and I'll send you my Telegram link. I've got a nice, beautiful, amazing community over there that we hang out and support each other. So I'm on Telegram, but I'm using Facebook to get people onto Telegram. So that's the best place to find me. Uh, and please send me messages on Messenger or Telegram or on Facebook. And I answer all of them. You know, I think it's a, if people are taking the time to reach out, I will respond to you. Fantastic. And for those businesses out there who are interested in doing business with other people with integrity, with solid, strong values, then do also go and search Kylie online, check out what she does and uh, reach out from a business perspective, maybe mention that you saw her and uh, really resonate with what you shared. And you're maybe, you know, I'm, I'm sure many people have been inspired by, by the things you've been saying here because you are absolutely on point. Thank you so much again, Kylie. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Paul, and stay safe, stay sane, and uh, bring on another day. <laughs> Looking forward to it, sister. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Please hit the subscribe and like button, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Take Thank care you. now. Bye. Bye.